You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 304. And of course, for those who listened to last episode, you probably heard that David Cohen won't be here this week. But of course, I reached out to our occasional co-host, Owen Rubin, and uh, he wasn't traveling, so he could actually join me this week. Hey, how's it going, Owen? I am here. And uh, sorry you're not here, David. I would love to have a chat with you as well, but I hope you're doing something fun. Well, and how are you this morning? Yeah, I don't know how much fun he's having. Um, I he probably is right now. He's on the cruise ship, but he was actually right. still in Manchester when the bomb went off at that uh, Ariana Grande concert. Oh God! Well, he was actually in London, but his wife was at home in Manchester, and they only live a few miles away from there. Yeah, that that just that one. I, the bombings always bug me, but this one bugged me particularly. Going after kids, it's purposely just, going it's, after kids. It's just you know, there's there's no excuse for. If I get I get wars, I get conflicts, I get the whole thing. I you know I don't agree with them, but I get why people do it. But but going after kids is just low. Yeah, that's beyond the pale. Yeah, that's below the belt kind of. Yep. Anyways. I can't see, I can't find a justification in any kind of. You know, I mean, I get you when you look at protests and stuff. You can get you can get your head around justifications, even if you don't agree with them, why people might do something stupid. Yeah, but, on either uh, side this, of the aisle. Yeah, but this one, I just cannot get my head around going after kids. Nope. You whatever support you may have with people, who, at, at, at the very least, that will listen to your arguments, go yeah. right out the window the moment you target children. Yeah. Every just, every bit of it. No sympathy on just, anything. Yeah, this one just really bugged me. Mm-hmm. Bugged me. More. They all bugged me, but this one bugged me more than usual. Right? And you know, yeah, Anyways. my sympathy to the families who Absolutely. lost children there. It's just so sad. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he's okay and his wife's okay. That's yeah. We haven't I texted him as soon as I heard about it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I said I texted him as soon as I heard about it, and he's obviously quite upset about the whole thing. And uh, his his texts back to me were quite heated. Yeah, you know? I can imagine. Well, it's his home. Yeah, you know. I didn't realize he was in Manchester. I knew he yes. was. In, I knew he was in England. I didn't know where. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a terrible situation. You know, I, I wish there was a, a a political remedy to the situations that lead to this, but there's just not. There's yeah. some people that it, it doesn't matter what you do or say or accommodate there. And there's always going to be crazy people as well. Yep. You know, there, that's society. That's just the way there it was. Is. Two, there was two on the train coming back on the BART train coming back from San Francisco last night. There's always crazy people. There's guys standing by the door, just yelling at everybody. You know, it's like, I've oh, seen some, that in San Francisco. Oh yeah. And there was one woman on the, on the station platform, uh, she didn't look homeless. The guy in Bart looked like he was homeless. The woman in, on the station did not. She was dressed well, new shoes, new clo- look, fairly new clothing. But she was just like she would just walk up and just start yelling at people sitting down there doing nothing. You know, it was like crazy people. I feel sorry for him, but you know. So how are you otherwise? I am good. Things are well. Um, last week I discussed getting a new vehicle. And I got a little bit of resolution on that, so I'm happy. Okay. So, what, did you, what did you decide? Uh, well, I don't know if you listened to the last episode. I talked about getting a uh, Toyota Sequoia. 
Yeah, I don't know that car. Uh, let's, uh, Is that like a small SUV? No, just the opposite. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a big SUV. Oh, it's a big SUV. Yeah, here, we're on Skype. Now, he, I know we've been talking about, David and I have been talking about, we're using wire now, but Owen uh, isn't on wire. He is, but not really, not yet. So we're I using installed Skype. it, but for some reason it didn't show up. So on Skype, I just sent you a picture of the truck that I bought. Now I have to remember on Skype how to act. Oh, there it is. Okay. All I see is the wheels. <laughs> I know. The wheels are big too. No, wait, let me let me expand. There we go. Oh, that is a big vehicle. It is. It's got it's too big to be a space. It's too big to be a space station. It's a. It's it's <laughs> big enough where that if somebody's in the third row, they're comfortable. Did you get three rows? Yeah. Well, this is an 07. I know oh, it doesn't that look looks like brand it. new. Yeah, it looks new. Well, the person that traded it in, I was selling that person uh, a new Toyota Rav Four, and this ah. was their trade in. And oh yes, I keep forgetting you have first choice. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I look, I've, I've sold a lot of cars in the less than a year that I've been there, and so I see trades every day. But this right. one just kind of hit all the right buttons for me. It's what I look. My gas mileage is going to be crap, but you know what? I'm going to be comfortable, and in the snow, I don't have to worry about getting stuck in this thing. I was just say, where you live, this thing will drive well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, you can't you can't drive around in a little econo box where no. you are, especially during the winter. You wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Well, when they were doing the safety inspection, because we do that on every car that we're going to resell, uh, right. even if they you know they knew I was going to buy it, the mechanic didn't know I was looking at buying this. So I walked right. back there. It's up on the lift. <laughs> And he's looking up underneath it, doing the safety inspection. And so I go stand there and I go, wow, this looks pretty clean underneath, huh? And he, <laughs> and he shakes his head. And he goes, uh, this is exceptionally clean. I've never seen an 07 this clean. <laughs> I mean, there's just no rust under there at all. I mean, it's just so they never drove it. They never drove it off road. They never drove it in the, the snow. The, or the this guy, this guy, it looks like he babied this truck. I mean, it's just an immaculate condition. Oh, um, they say did you black out the windows, or are they already blacked out like that? Already blacked out. It's it's a limited. It comes that way, and this thing has all oh. the bells and whistles. Remember, this is an 07. Right. It's got uh, GPS, uh, touchscreen, and it's the older one, but it's there. And what I right. was talking about last week is it doesn't have Bluetooth, and it's going to be difficult. Yeah, for it was me. an option. Right. It was an option on Toyotas until like 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was awful, by the way. I know you. I. Sorry, I don't have it on my Prius either. I I knew a, somebody who had the the Bluetooth setting, the Bluetooth option in his Prius, and I tried it, and it was you know it re- kind of reminded me of Siri in a way. You know, Siri, how do I get how do I get home? Well, there are six Starbucks mm-hmm. nearby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I heard you talking about that in the day too, Siri. And so, I still wanted to be able to get my my audio from my phone into it. Okay. And I was debating last week when I'm going to replace the stereo because it's it's kind of a big thing. I'm on the road 70 miles a day. That's true. I forgot about that, too. Well, I opened up the glove box after I did the last show. And USB there, port? No, well, no. But there is a iPod connector cable. Oh. So he had oh. got the, the, optic, uh, the optional iPod connector. So you go to one of the CD inputs, and it's reading that iPod dock. Yeah, it says aux, right? Yeah. No, it's, no, it doesn't say aux. It says oh. you're on the CD. Oh, okay. It's got two different. This is the high end audio system in this Toyota. So, uh, and it also has 
uh, satellite radio. Do you now? Are you a subscriber to satellite? Yes, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And you still like it? I do. I listen we- to a lot of different music, uh, some of the new stuff. Um, I like listening to the NFL stuff. Ah, we I like gave it. it up. We gave we gave it up. Last, um, and they of course they keep calling, and and the price drops a little bit. If, if you have satellite radio and you you think it's too expensive, you just tell me when to cancel on the renewal, and you'll get a deal where they drop the price again. But what I found is that the stations we listen to repeated the same music a lot, mm-hmm. and um, most of the stations I didn't care about. There's a uh, well, I've got kids, so that helps. Oh, uh, that's true. But there's at least uh, five or six radio s- stations, I guess you call them, channels that I right. that I actually do like on uh, Sirius XM. But and like I said, I also like the new stuff. Uh, they okay. simulcast uh, CNN and CNBC. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And they just started the Beatles. Yeah, just started the Beatles channel. I can so. only take so much of that for. I, I've got every Beatles song. <laughs> you know, I do too. And it's like <laughs> I, I can't get in the vehicle and listen to nonstop Beatles or music <laughs> that inspired the Beatles. That's the other thing. Well, that's what bothered me about Sirius is that I, the kind of channels that I wanted, like we have a we have a great radio station here, K Fog. It's a wonderful. Used to be independent. Now I think it's owned by Sirius. Um, but they play, they have real people picking songs. And so every DJ picks something different and there's not, it's not, doesn't feel as formula as, you know, all the rest of the radio stations out here and probably in your area are clear channel. Sure. And clear channel doesn't, the way they make them sound local, people don't know about clear channel. They're a huge conglomerate that buys up every radio station and all the programming for the music is done in a central location. What is it in Indiana or something? Yep. It's, I know it's I know it's in the Midwest somewhere. I think it's in and Indiana. Then, and then they then they tag bumpers. You know, with these little things that say you know uh, a local ad or a lo- they'll get a DJ to do you know thirty bumpers and they stick them into the same stream. So it used to be when you drove around the country, you could tell where you were by listening to the radio. It, that's not true anymore. No, because the music is all the same. So we have. I think in the Bay Area, you know, there's probably 50, 60 radio stations on FM, I bet. And I would say two-thirds of them are exactly the same. Yeah. It's you know, sad. I, I don't listen to the radio. I hardly listen to the radio except for K-Fog. Well, that's what deregulation get that. gets you. Yeah. Oh, competition. All, it's no, it's not competition. Exactly it's, the same. It's, it's giant corporations buying up all the small people and homogenizing everything. Well, so they, they took over the classical channel, turned it to pop. They took over the jazz channel, turned it to pop. They turned, took over the blues channel, turned it to pop. So we've every channel now is pop. Mm-hmm. It seems like. the only place you can get alternate music is from the colleges, some of the college radio stations, but they're not very strong. No, sorry, sorry, it's a pet peeve of mine. So, but so we tried Sirius, but I just found that that the variation wasn't big enough for us. So. That's one of the things that I wish Sirius would do was re- devote two or three channels to podcasting. Devote two or three to cool. independent artists. That would be very cool. You know that I yeah. that would be awesome. I would consider. I would consider. Yeah, it'd be cool for it to be a podcast channel because you just pick it up and listen to a random podcast. Right. You know, I would totally give them permission to use any show in the in the MyMac Podcasting Network, unless we the creators didn't want it. But why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's cool. So I don't know. Anyways, so, so I like, getting I, back to, I, nice I could car. plug in, yeah, oh, I love it. Um, I could plug my iPhone into that and listen to my podcast right through the system now, <laughs> which is fantastic, but it doesn't charge my iPhone at all. Oh, bizarre. 
Well, it's because it's just an audio through. Okay. So you and, have a and, little adapter on it? Or yeah, it's it's yeah. the it's the thirty pin to lightning adapter. Right. And yeah. it doesn't support charging at all. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. On on the 2006 Toyota I have, there's um there's an audio input jack next to a charging port. Mm-hmm. And that's so that's the way I do it. I use the audio cable out of the phone into that little plug-in. And then I use then I can plug in the charging port and charge the phone and it's and it sits in the in the center console. Which, and then there was a mic, but I didn't buy that option. So, but it were I said like you, I can listen to my phone and uh, now I have it because we have to have it in California on a hands-free. You cannot hold the phone. You will get a ticket for holding your phone. I agree with that, to be honest. I do, too. So was, I just had posted an article. I thought I should go see if I can find it and send it to you for your show notes um, about how distracted you are even in hands-free. Every, yeah. But I, but I think texting in the car is the most dangerous thing that's ever happened in cars. I think it's worse than drinking and driving. I agree with you. Because at least a, a, the the guy drinking and driving is still looking at the road and he's at least <laughs> trying, right? <laughs> but the people that are texting, they're not even looking at the road. We definitely need self-driving cars so that people can go back to their texting. <laughs> yeah. That's the greatest invention in the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the people talk about, you know, the Tesla. So I drove my buddy's Tesla again and, um, they upgraded the software as they do regularly on a Tesla. You know, you come out in the morning and, and you have new features. And they changed the auto driving, and it and it penalizes you if you don't keep your attention on the road. So when you put it in auto drive, you have to keep your hands on the wheel. You have to have a little bit of torque on the wheel. Good. So it knows you're paying attention. So if you let go, after a short time, it starts flashing the dashboard at you. And then I think it flashes and, and sets off an alarm. And then the car will just stop. It'll just slow down and stop, uh, which I thought, great. You're in the middle of the freeway. Your car just starts slowing down and stopping. And um, I didn't do this. I didn't try it. But Al, my friend who has it, said if it does that, it stops, you can drive it. You can drive the car manually, but it penalizes you for an hour. It won't let you reengage auto drive. Good. I like that. <laughs> I thought that was it's like, oh, yeah, well, we'll teach you. <laughs> Maybe you'll pay attention next time. Here you go. Yeah. yeah, it's not It's not for watching movies or, you know, playing with your computer. It's driver assist. It's not autopilot. I have that argument with a lot of people. They always go, you know, autopilots fly a plane. Yes, and an autopilot will gladly fly you into the side of a mountain yep. if you're not paying attention. Yep. So. But uh, I bring that up because Jerry Johnson, a listener of the show, sent in some feedback, and he was asking about this. And so his okay. feedback is, I was listening to the show this morning. Uh, when I moved here, part of it was a personal message to me. He moved farther away. He was actually pretty close to to where I live. We were going to have lunch one of these days. We just hadn't got around to it. But now he's moved. So uh, uh, when I moved here, I bought I brought a car from my son's father-in-law, a 2005 Honda Accord Hybrid. So basically, same cars I have, except for it's the hybrid version. Okay. You mentioned owning a 2005 Accord. How were you able to listen to podcasts? Did you have an aftermarket stereo? My challenge has been the HVAC being displayed on the factory radio. What I'm using right now is, and there's a link to an FM transmitter, and it works surprisingly well for such a small price. It might be something you might want to try out uh, to hold you over until you install a full replacement. The show has been great. Keep up the good work and have a good time at Mac Stock. 
So Max Stock. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, too. Um, I did have an aftermarket radio in the Honda Core, Jerry, but I never removed the old radio. So when you... <laughs> There's a there's a space underneath the old radio and the HVAC stuff where you can you know it's a little storage area. I oh, actually yeah, had a company install an aftermarket stereo there, so the original stereo you can still turn it on. It just you don't hear anything. But the new stereo had Bluetooth, it had inputs, it had uh, ah. USB, so that's how I got around that. Um, yeah, because the controls are on the same radio yeah. thing. Is that what yeah. it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like in the, my Toyota, everything is on that screen. So it's like, how do you replace the radio? You don't. Because it's all, you don't. It's all built into that. It's all part of that big functional system. So so that's how I did it in the, in the Honda. Now, in the Sequoia, uh, the radio is completely independent of everything else. So uh, it's actually pretty simple to... To change, and you can get the adapter so the steering wheel controls still work. Uh, you can actually assign the up and down button to do what you want to do. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that's who's how it, right. Who do you look at? Panasonic. Mm, I, I really haven't yet, to be honest. Panasonic had this one radio replacement I thought was kind of cool that it fit in the single radio slot. When you turn it in, it slides out a screen and folds it up. Yeah. I thought that was, and it had actually had, you could buy them with GPS and a rear view camera. And a, I thought, and then when you turn it off, the screen slides back inside. I thought that's kind of cool if you want to get extra features, but you only have a, a regular radio slot. Yeah. Everything that, I, that I'm going to be looking at is I want an optional backup camera. And those are, you, you basically, you bolt this little strap to your license plate frame and yeah. it has a camera right in the middle. Yeah. And they're quite capable. And then that plug just goes into the back of the radio. If your radio supports it, it's, there's just a little input there. And But here's the trick. You have to tie in the backup camera to the power to your reverse lights. Right. So, so it switches on at the right time. Right. right. So when you put it in reverse, the camera turns on and the screen switches over to that camera. Although, what, how about just having it on all the time, right? It's like a bit better rear view mirror. You could, <laughs> except, yeah, well, I don't know about better. You look in everyone's bumper behind you. <laughs> Um, especially if the car behind you is tailgating. I always wanted like a little LED in the, in the back of my car that just says stop tailgating or something. I can give yeah. them a little message like, thanks for, thanks for running your bright lights behind me so I can read my book. I've uh, had, I have to, you, you, one of those, um, one of those things that you see in stores that, that scroll messages. Yes. And with, with, with a preset button, you know, back off, you know, dim your lights and <laughs> yep. I, I have to. I, I cannot stand it when someone's riding behind me with their bright lights on. I always start slowing down until they start to tailgate, and then I give them a brake check. <laughs> brake check. Brake check. Oh, look, your brakes are working. <laughs> you hope they work. Mm, I tell you, it's, it's crazy. that There's just so many inconsiderate people out there right now. I had a friend with a pickup, and he had, uh, you know, he off-road, so he had the big, I can't remember the name of the light manufacturer, but these big bright white lights that lit up the bed. And so if someone would have his highlights on, he would like just flip the switch inside and give him highlights right back. <laughs> and they were bright. I mean, they were meant, you know, like when you're off-road and you're right. sitting, they're meant to light up the whole area. They were brighter than... So he said people got the message pretty fast. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know other... if they're legal to drive no, with them. What's her totally not. It, no. 
it was actually very funny. You know, so watch this switch. <laughs> the last part of uh, Jerry's email was uh, have a good time at MaxDoc. Now, MaxDoc, of course, is a MaxDoc conference happening in Woodstock, Illinois, July 15th and 16th. Both David and I will be there. Yeah, I um, heard that. That's like- David's doing a talk on, well, basically the, the Raspberry Pi. And cool. I'm doing with Guy the MyMac quiz. Now, see, when you were involved in the last, well, maybe not the last one, but one of the Mac, uh, the MyMac yeah. quizzes at, I think, the spec booth, correct? Um, we did one at the spec booth, and then we did one in the, I remember, I have, I just was going through cleaning up some of my photos the other day, and I found the one where you, Guy, and I oh, were. Oh, ProSoft Engineering. Of, yeah, we were in the, in the middle of the hallway in front of. That was spec. Spec, right? Okay. Spec, but we also right. did we also did one for ProSoft Engineering. ProSoft, that's right. Yeah, and it's a it's a fun thing to do. And during the event last year, uh, it was, it was a good time. But I just felt like you know what, I've hosted the roundtable the last two years on the main stage, well, the stage, and right. I have a good time <clears> doing <throat> it. it. It's not very challenging. And I always tried to liven things up, and I would tell some jokes, and yeah, I always got people laughing pretty good. But I wanted guy to use something. Guy is on the the main page. Yeah, you see his pictures on the main Mac stock page. Yep, that was from last Sorry. year. No, that was from the first year, I think. And so <laughs> we we I wanted to do something different this time, something that's going to be a little bit more. Lighthearted. I don't want to teach anybody anything. Okay. You know, I just I just want to get people involved and laughing and have a good time. So I thought, let's. I'll just bring back the MyMac quiz. I've got I about. Like the MyMac I've I got about ten percent of it done. Oh, if you got some questions, send them over. I'll, I'll think up some. Uh, when is this uh, July? Oh, I have time. Okay, I'll yeah. try to do some pictures. So you want? Do you want a Macintosh? No. Question. That doesn't have to be. If you get listeners to send you in some. Well, that's an idea. If someone's got some some good quiz questions that I can verify the answers, um, send them in. I'll put them in the MyMac quiz. And if if I use one of yours, I'll put your name up on the screen with it. That would be very cool. That'd be fun. Good idea. Owen. Yeah, I, knew I mean, you got people out there. Bring up. Some, let's get some trivia going here. You know? Well, you know, and I, that's kind of what it is. Um, I can't launch it right now, otherwise I could actually tell you. But some of it's visual. If you remember back, I will put right. like a logo up. Like, what is this? Oh, it's PageMaker. Um, and so, you know, it's just an Apple Keynote presentation. Right. So there'll be a little bit of animation, uh, maybe a video. I might show a video and say, okay, what was this Apple product advertising? What was, or what was the oh, Apple like product that. being advertised in this ad? Something like that. That might be fun. That, yeah. And I also say it shows where the Macs were used. Yeah. I think it shows like, um, uh, I remember Seinfeld always had a Mac. Always yeah. had it. Oh, America's nice funniest, Mac. America's funniest videos at one point had a whole wall of iMacs. Oh, iMacs, yeah. And then didn't um, uh, I'm trying to think of the, what's the guy that Harry? What's I can't think of his name. It did Night Court. Uh, oh yeah. Didn't he always have Macs on his desk too? Uh, maybe I didn't watch that show. Yeah, I, I did, but I don't remember it really. Well, Back I, yeah, when questions like, we what was only the first had a Mac few. to have a microphone. Um, Mac LC two. I don't know the answer. I'm trying try to think. Oh. I th- there was a plug-in for the two FX, wasn't there? Just oh, that yeah. little that little thing you could hang on the monitor. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. So, 
That is uh, Max Talk coming up this summer. As we're recording this, it's 49 days away. And the MyMac quiz will be on the first day right after lunch. So hopefully not some too of the people... Expensive. It's not. Oh, no. It's 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 your bucks for the premium ticket. That's not bad at all. You should come. If it was a little closer and I was actually in town, if actually not out of the country in that time, I would actually consider it. You should. Look at next Maybe year. I'll try to do it next year. Yeah. It's a, it's, never, a, it's a fun event. How far is that from you? Uh, it's about a four and a half hour drive. Okay. So I'm just, I'll so jump how on long the Sequoia. Take and, <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's a little bit less, but yeah. No, yeah. I guess it would take you about four hours. Four hours, yeah. You land in uh, Chicago and we Chicago. just have someone pick you up at O'Hare and drive you to the event. Yeah, I can, or use, or use Lyft or Uber. Yeah, doing that Uber. Huh? Can't use Uber anymore. I don't use Uber either. I, yeah. Although we, so I, I just got back to, are, can we change the subject? Absolutely. Um, I was, I, I just got back from Walt Disney uh, World in Florida. My wife was there for a conference. So I went over and played at uh, Walt Disney World, where, where I did, by the way, use Lyft, not Uber, to get from the hotel. The hotel, we were like uh, 10 minutes away and the hotel didn't have a shuttle. Really? But, well, because they, they were right next to Universal. Oh, yeah. So they had a deal with Universal, and I'm guessing the deal with Universal didn't let them have a Disney shuttle. But so I, you know, I took Lyft, and I would ask the drivers. They all drove for both. They have Lyft and Uber signs. Yep. And they said that Lyft pays them better, treats them better, but for every Lyft ride they get, they get ten Uber rides. So he said, you know, I'd rather make three dollars instead of four, and then make nothing at all. So they all have to, you know, Uber. They and they said Uber is mostly business guys. Lyft is mostly individuals. Or, you That's know, interesting. Uh, but they said just it's like 10 to 1. People still use Uber over Lyft. And I just don't – I won't use Uber because I don't like the way they treat their drivers. Yeah, well, yeah. That's part of it. They're a despicable company. And it's unfortunate because I was a huge Uber fan. I was When too. I was doing all the traveling for uh, OWC, it's, it, that's where I used I used it everywhere. And it was always a great experience. With the drivers are fantastic, but the drivers are great. And the cars, you know, someone said, "Why don't I take cabs anymore?" Well, it seems like whenever I get in a cab here, you know, the the muffler leaks inside the car, and the shocks are worn out, and the yep. car squeaks and it stinks inside. It's just. But when you get Lyft, people take care of their car. Or Uber, they take care of their cars. I the thing that pushed me over on Uber, Uber dropped the price again, which you know to get more people, but that drops the money they give to the driver as well. So they set the they set the rates. The driver doesn't. So, and then Uber added a dollar thirty five fee, which Uber keeps, yep. to make up for the difference in the lower rate. So it was just basically taking it away from the driver, and and that just kind of pushed me over, saying, okay, I'm not using it if I have a choice. I, I'm, there's many reasons not to use Uber, um, and unfortunately for the drivers who make their money that way, yeah, none of it has to do with them. Right, it's not the cars, it's not the drivers, it's just the companies yep. as problem. Yeah, they just they were supposed to move into this big headquarters in Oakland. They, um, you know, Oakland was really excited to have Uber as a as a center, you know, a kind of a kingpin company in this new area that they've been refurbishing and reworking. And then now they're just not going to move there. They're going to move just a little bit of their company there and and lease out the building to other people who want tech space. But you know, they they change things all the time. So it's a bad company. I was at Disney World. I don't, have you been to Disney World? No, lately? I've been to so, Disneyland, but not World. Disney. So I, I've always been a Disney fan. I've been since I've been a little kid. Uh, I've Who always liked it? Disneyland. I mean, it's Disney. 
and I, yeah, and I was always half the thrill of me is seeing rides was like, how did they do that? Right. It's, it's the engineer in me and the tech guy in me. It's like, but I gotta tell you. So we went to, I went to the Hollywood. It used to be called MGM. Now it's called the Hollywood Disneyland Hollywood. Uh, we went. I went to Epcot and I went to Animal Kingdom. And there are some still some some very good rides, but it seems like a majority of the rides now are relying 100% on video screens. That's disappointing. And so, like, there was a they used to have a thing called Living Seas at Epcot. It was all about they had the what, like they used to have the world's largest or one of the largest. Uh, I don't know if it was number one or number two uh, aquarium there. So, you know, saltwater aquarium, and it was beautiful. It was beautifully maintained, and they did all these things about the sea. So they've in, they've replaced part of it with a, a Finding Nemo ride. So it's kind of haunted mansion. You get in a little shell, and the, the little train moves you around. And what it does is it slides you in front of video screens all the way through. Mm. And it was like, wait, if I wanted to sit in a little shell and watch TV, I'd stay on my couch. Right. Um, then they're like the Mexico ride in, uh, in Epcot was basically a miniature. It's a small world, but half the stuff replaced by video screens. That's disappointing. And then there's the crush exhibit, which I thought for kids was fantastic. Crush from Nemo. Mm -hmm. It's an interactive wall, but it's a giant video screen, right? They had this, they showed off this technology where they, uh, somehow put the video images in the live aquarium. It was a really, at the very end, they did this superimposing. It was a very cool thing, and I was kind of hoping that Crush was going to be the same thing, where it was superimposed over the actual aquarium, real aquarium behind it. But no, it was just a big giant video wall. That did have me laughing all the way through. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. But Crush comes out in an animation, and they obviously have cameras. Whoever's doing the talking for Crush can see the audience. So, you know... He takes questions and answers from the uh, these little kids in the audience, which is just hysterical. It, it, you know, so oh, let's go over to that little child over there with polka dots on her shell. You know, yeah. so you, you can tell that he sees the kids. Right. It was, that was very clever. But just I was, with the exception of two or three rides, I thought I was really disappointed by most of them because they relied either they were very old, like Epcot is getting old. Mm-hmm. Um, although test track was pretty fun, you know, but, it's, you know, I got here's a bit of trivia for you on Epcot. Okay. Uh, my dad's mom uh, and his father divorced. Okay, so okay. his parents divorced. Her second husband was the architect for Epcot Center. No kidding. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I remember when it was new; <clears throat> it was beautiful, but it's just aged poorly. And and the rides are relying on video tricks. Yeah. It's just, I, I was very, di- I was kind of disappointed that the magic disappeared because it felt like I was sitting in front of a monitor a lot. Um, now, do you think that's because you and I are getting older and jaded, and do you think kids would love it, or do you think even kids are like, yeah, this is a big movie? Well, that was my that was my question. I I don't know. Was it just I couldn't me? answer that because you know, obviously, I, I haven't taken my kids there, so I can't get their opinion, but. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I'd love to hear from some younger people if they think it's still very cool. You know, did you like the, the Nemo's and Friends ride? Does the does it bother you that you know the uh, so they have one like the, the this, this you know, the Universe of Energy or something with Ellen DeGeneres doing the intro, but she's on screen and there's a really gorgeous 
uh, diorama that you the, the whole audience moves that the the audience breaks up into little cars and moves through this thing and the dinosaur part was very cool because they have this huge diorama and really dark and dies and then it goes and sees all you see is a bunch of films you know video films and it was like oh god more video okay i could you know Enough just I, I don't know I, i'd love to hear back from your from your listeners the, the listeners here if they if they've gone to Disney World or Disneyland and, and they were disappointed by the overuse of video screens, and it, I, I, to me, it would seem like it would be disappointing. It, it felt cheap to me, you know. Yeah. Like it, they used. To, I mean, when you like, I remember I went to Pirates of the Caribbean the first time. It was like these audio animatronic characters moving, and you know, they're they're, they're cheesy audio animatronic, but there was it was something fascinating about it because it really looked good. Now you go on a ride and you're you're they they uh, decorate it so it looks like you're underwater. And then they've inserted screens. Yeah. Uh, in one, they had projectors on weird shapes so that it looks like it. The coolest part of that was they had a, um, you go through the speed tunnel where they, it looks like you're in the wave from the Nemo movie with the turtles. But that was all done by projecting video. Right? Yeah, that's so disappointing. It was still video. They, did you, did it, you see I, the video going around that Johnny Depp was at Disney World on the Pirates of the Caribbean thing? <laughs> And he was talking no. to the people, yeah. And he was like, "Oh my God, it's actually Johnny Depp." <laughs> it was he was in the whole regalia of you know. That's wonderful. It, it, it was it was great, and he was. It, it was. I mean, it's him. There was no trickery, and that's wonderful. And, and then uh, he was like jumping out and surprising people, and no, they would. They, he was just standing up on one of the buildings, and they would come, and the thing would, st- the people would stop and look up, and he would jump onto a different little balcony and talk to them, and and you could hear people going, "Is that Johnny Depp? That's a really good. Oh my God, I think it actually is Johnny Depp. <laughs> that's funny. I have to go look at that. That's yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, I saw it on. I Facebook, still like going yeah. there. I still had a good time. This the Animal me. Kingdom one to. was was really good. My kids actually want to go to uh, the Harry Potter World. I want to see that too. That we were near Universal, but we were only there a couple of days, and I hadn't been to Epcot for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then unfortunately, they have, they're opening a new Pandora World that's only open to season ticket holders right now. But I talked to someone, and they said it was like really amazing. Well, they're doing uh, Star Wars World down there too. Well, so the the uh, I guess that's what they're building. We saw this. This area that was all torn up. The them that what used to be MGM Grand now Disney Hollywood was so all Star Wars. Yeah. Um, well, that's, it, I mean they they, <laughs> they spent a lot of money for Star Wars. They're going to get yep. their money's worth. Well, I, I heard they're Star building Wars. a full size at at. Yes. Yeah. The, that's cool. They would they had a big walls around it so you couldn't see it. But right. Yeah. There's. But I rode Star Tours four times because now I don't know when they did the change. It used to be just one ride. Now. They they have little pieces, and there are 75 combinations of the ride. Huh. So you see something different. So I rode it four times, and I saw pieces that repeated, but the, the total ride was very different. That's cool. Uh, so, so you get a different experience every time you go on it. And then they did this thing where the the stormtroopers and the, whoever the lord of the area is march up and down and clear the streets. You know, and they have stormtroopers walking around everywhere um, with... And they have they have audio uh, effects, so you know they come up and go click. All right, right. move along. You know, right. <laughs> that'd be a fun. So thing, I like that. I like Star Wars ish. That was kind of fun to see the whole Star Wars. I saw I, at some fans just did this little. Uh, you know the end of uh, Rogue One where Vader lands on the rebel ship and yes, he's just wiping people out, and they're all they're trying to get this little data card away, right? 
I just saw that, by the way, recently. I, t- I hadn't seen it before. Oh, so. it's a fantastic movie. It was a good movie. I We were surprised at the ending, which I won't tell if nobody has seen it. Uh, we've spoiled it on it. We did a review. Oh, you got spoiled yeah. it. I, I, I was surprised by that. I, I hadn't. I, I, I knew it. My wife didn't know it. I knew it was going to happen. Right. And she was everybody, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's very unusual for a movie to it do make, that. It actually enhanced episode episode four, A New Hope. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, made it better. It was the lead into it, right? Right. Oh, exactly. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the cuts people have done. They've gone right from Rogue One right into New Hope, and it's it's almost seamless. It's like, wow, that's really well done. Yeah. Um, but anyways, these fans at Celebration, which is this big, I think it's every two years. I don't think it's every year, but okay. maybe it's every year, down in Orlando, uh, this big Star Wars convention, these fans just out in the hallway reenacted that. So you see these guys dressed like rebels, and this guy dressed like Darth Vader is coming towards them, and they're at the ATM machine, and the guy pulls his card out, and they're running, and they run over, and the guy playing Darth Vader is waving his lightsaber, and some of the rebels are falling down, and the last guy gets to these, these doors, and he slides the cards through the little opening of the door, and the rebel on the other side grabs it, and he runs it and hands it to this girl dressed as Princess Leia. It's just hilarious. I mean... <laughs> It was so. I think that's it right there. I just put it on so you can put it on the show. It's on Slash Films, I think. Oh, the uh, the the edit putting the two watch together. fans impressively recreate Rogue One ending at Star Wars Celebration. That exactly. Yes, that's it. It's it's so good. <laughs> Are you that's watching it? Good. No, I'm not watching. I just see. I'm reading that. I was taking a glance. I don't want to play it right now while we're on. on well, air. let's take let's take our break and uh, put in a new ad for Three Geeky Ladies, and Owen and I will be right back. Siri, could you read the Three Geeky Ladies promo script? Sure. Elisa says, Welcome to the Three Geeky Ladies podcast and introduces Susay and Vicky. Susay says, Hello everyone. Vicky says, Hi. Elisa, want to know how we feel about the new Apple product? Susay, what about the iOS camera, Vicky, or the MacBook Pro update? Elisa, Susay, and Vicky in unison. Then, listen to the Three Geeky Ladies podcast. Siri, the Three Geeky Ladies podcast on the My Mac Podcasting Network. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast 304, I am Tim Robertson. He is Owen Rubin. Owen. Hi there. Owen. I'm back. He's back. I just watched that video. That's well worth watching. That's yeah, fantastic. that the this fan recreation is just a lot, and you can hear people laughing in the hallways because this is during a convention. It's not like the hallway was empty. There's a bunch of people in there, and there are people falling on the floors everywhere. That's just hysterical. Yep, it was good. Um, let's talk Apple support. Well, we could, <laughs> let's go ahead and start there. Go ahead. Um, so you know me, I've had this love hate relationship with Apple because I find support. I compare Apple support to like um, support I've had for other machines. And I just don't, I find Apple support's not as good. So the other day, got my credit card bill in the mail and there are like six iTunes charges on my credit card. But on a credit card, I do not have associated <laughs> with with any Apple account. Are these small purchases or is this like a $50 gift uh, card? Four, four for $9.99 and one for $19.80. Huh. Okay. So... But that card, so I have a credit card that we use for iTunes, but that's not the one. 
So I call it, you know, I go search Apple. What do you do if you have fraudulent charges? I finally get this thing where the where you put your name and number in, and they say they'll call you. Are you familiar with that? Yes. So that's the way it works now. You you don't call them; they call you. So my first gripe was the phone rings in a couple of minutes, and they put you on hold for twenty minutes. Nice. Why well, not just call me when the person's ready? Yes. Right. Like, that would just so. I, this woman finally answers, and I said, "Hi." So I've got these fraudulent credit cards charges and she says well let's look up your account to make sure they're not there i said no this card's not on my account well let's look it up anyway so i give her it she looks it up she goes i don't see these charges so i give her the credit card number she goes well i can't talk to you about other people's accounts well it's not somebody else's account it's my credit card well that's what i said to her i said look i don't care whose account they went to i'm telling you my card was fraudulently used this card is not on my account. Well, if it's not on your account, I can't talk to you about other people's accounts. She just kept repeating this over and over and over again. She would, and, and no matter how many time, different times I tried to re-explain it, she just kept giving me that same answer. So I ended up hanging up. I just got fed up my hung up. Call back five minutes later. The same thing. They call you back within five minutes, and then you're on hold for 20 minutes or longer, depending on how crazy. The second woman was wonderful. She goes, I'll just credit those for you. Give me the credit card number. I can see that it's not associated with your account. She looked it up, right? She was, right. I can't tell you whose account it is associated with, but I can see it's not associated with you. Uh, but it, just the fact that I had to do that twice. Right. Like, come on. Can we get it? How, how intelligent do you have to be to understand the difference between, I'm not trying to look at Tim's account. I just wanted you to know that my credit card was used on someone else's account, and I want the, the charges reversed. So... Uh, they do, by the way, if you do that, you, that card is now restricted from never being used on Apple. Yep, I've heard that too. Which I like. Yeah, absolutely. So, Otherwise, so this someone, is going to happen again. Yeah, so I canceled the card immediately and yeah. and had the credit card company send me a new one. But I just, one of those one of those things, again, stumbling over Apple support. Well, you know? I have a, I'm going to pull it out and look at it, a Capital One MasterCard. This is a Capital One Visa. Okay. And... I I uh I lost it. The card disappeared. Okay. And I get a call. I didn't know I had lost it. I get a call from Capital One asking me about a like a $500 purchase. Right. They're very good. I like yeah. this. Card. And I'm like, I no, it's not mine. <laughs> well, do you have your card? So I open my wallet and I had used it just earlier at <laughs> the gas station like know, a couple hours ago. And sure enough, the card's not in my wallet. So I realized, okay, I must have dropped it or something at the gas station. And someone picked it up, went to the nearby Target store, and spent like 500 bucks on it. And I'm like, oh, it is not in my wallet. He goes, well, when's the last time you used it? Actually, it was a girl. I said, well, I used it this morning at, uh, at the gas station. And she asks about a couple of transactions. Yes, mine, yes, mine, yes, mine. And then we get to the big one. It's like, no, that's not no. mine. <laughs> and she's like, okay, it's, it's clearly fraud. Um, and they just took care of it. I got a new card within two or three days. Yeah. I like and that. I'm going to say within 30 days, I got a, a letter in the mail apologizing for the fraud and assuring <laughs> me that it's completely taken care of. It's not on my account. And they did, they, they just, they were proactive and they just did it. And yeah, so I, hats off to them. Do you have their app? Uh, I don't think so. Because if you have their app, they'll, I have it set to say any charge over a hundred dollars. I get a, I get a pop-up alert. 
That's an and, idea. I'm going to have to look at that. And if, it, if it's wrong, you can just say this is wrong, and you can lock your card from the app. Oh, nice. <clears throat> so you can shut it down, right. and then you can contact them with it. Because uh, So I use that all the time, and, and it has a, a swipe login, so you don't have to remember a really crazy password, because um, I have a really long, crazy password on my account. But I found, with one exception, I have found Capital One to be fantastic, and you'll appreciate this one error. So I get, like you, I get a phone call. Hi, uh, were you shopping at Safeway recently? And I said no. And I went, you know, I, I immediately pulled the app out of my pocket, and I launch it, and there's like Safeway, 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 Safeway. It's like, there must be 12, 13 of them. And all for the same price. I'm guessing the cost of a six-pack of beer or something. Right. Um, just charge, 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 charge. I think there's like eight of them. So I, same like you, I talked to them. They said, we'll take care of it. You know, they sent you a letter. So I get, I see on my, I get my next statement and I see these eight charges and then I see eight credits and then I see seven chargebacks. So they, they, the Safeway charged them, Capital One reversed them, Capital One put them back. Mm -hmm. Seven of them. So I said, okay, somebody misunderstood that because they thought they did something wrong. So I call them back up and they go, oh, we're really sorry. We'll fix that for you. And so I, and I'm looking online and I see the next day there are seven chargebacks, seven removals. Then the next day, six come back. <laughs> and I'm trying not to laugh at this because it's funny. And I said, I turned to my wife. I said, Diane, you know, I bet you if I call this up, five will come back the next time. Yeah. And she goes, oh, come on. They can't be that bad. Well, sure enough, it went five, then to four, then to three, then to two. So when I called on the one charge coming back, I wasn't exactly in the best mood. And the woman said, I'm not going to charge it back. I'm just going to give you a credit for it so it doesn't go through fraud again. And then I got this long apology letter for saying that the guy who was handling the case left and someone had taken it over and they didn't understand why there was so many chargebacks and returns. But it, they, they handled it nicely but, and I ended up laughing at it. But it was the funniest thing in the world. It's like... Yeah, I bet you it'll come back with four now. And sure enough. Sure enough, there it is. <laughs> at least they were consistent. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, the app makes that really easy to, to deal with. Speak, and if you have a watch, it pops up on your watch as well. Yeah, so. I, I, like the, I like the notifications when you use Apple Pay that you get the text on how much was just charged. Yep. I like that. Um, I do want to thank our sponsor, MaxSales.com. Uh, they've got a really cool deal right now, Owen, an uh HGST... Oh. Turo Desk, uh, it's a DX5. It's kind of a wordy thing there, but it's a. will make it simple. It's a four terabyte desktop drive for ninety four seventy five. What? Ninety four really? seventy five USB three. Yeah. Okay, when I'm at Max Sales right now, I'm looking for it because see, you shouldn't do this because you you don't want to end up buying stuff. Yeah, here I'll send you a link on Skype. <laughs> oh, there it is, there. four terabyte HGST Turo Desk DX3 desktop drive. Four terabytes. A G drive. Oh, I, and I just that's good because I think at Costco I bought a five terabyte Seagate, and I think it was one hundred and twenty nine dollars. So ninety four dollars is a pretty good price. And, and let's be honest, four terabytes is probably more than enough for most people. I use it. I, my big drive is my backup drive. So yeah. I, 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 I'm an archaic guy in backup. I use something called Retrospect, mm -hmm. which I've loved since the day it came out. So I have a, a machine that is not on the Internet. So it's complete. So I, got, I, t I think I told you before we started. Now, this is where I'll jump in on this. I got hit by the I got hit by a ransomware. Um, not on the Mac side. 
Not on the Mac side. I'm like, I, well, I have a I have a MacBook Pro 15 that runs Windows 7. So that's a Windows machine at that point. It's my Plex server, okay? Um, and I use it for I use it for media and photos and everything. It's a server for the house, but it got hit. But I use a big ter- four terabyte drive like this on a separate machine, which is firewalled from the outside, so nobody from the outside can get in or out. And then it does backups. But uh, ransomware was kind of interesting. You need to buy people need to buy a backup drive and make sure you back up. Yeah. Because here's well, the way ransomware back up back up multiple times. Back up multiple times, and and that's why you want a big drive. Yep. You know, if you're if you're if your your computer is only one terabyte, you still want a big drive because then you can keep like my backup keeps about twelve backups. So if so, what happened is my I backed up the ransomware. Yeah, that's what I mean. You have to have multiple backups. Yeah. So I was able to go back to the one before that. So I was very pleased to have a great big drive. Yes. Um, for people who have never seen ransomware. I came down to my machine in the morning and it was turned off, which it's never off. And when I started it back up, it booted just fine. Windows 7 came up and then it started throwing errors. Can't find this file, can't find this file, can't find this file. And so I opened my document file and everything, every anything that wasn't a system file was, so if you had a picture that said, you know, Disneyland.jpg, now it says Disneyland.jpg.onion in my case. And there's a readme file inside the folder and when you read it, it says, we've not very friendly message. We've noticed that your files are all encrypted. And if you go to this website uh, and use Bitcoin, you can buy the software to unencrypt your drive. Yeah, so, typical ransomware. So, typical ransomware. And basically, if you have your documents and your photos and your, you know, like your tax work and whatever, and your music and everything, that is all gone. Yep. Okay. It is locked up. And um, you only have a certain amount of time, and they only take Bitcoin, so you have to get a Bitcoin account. It's I, I so what I did is I toured in. I, I start fired up a VPN. I started a Tor browser. I went to the link, and they tell you to put your key code in. So there's a key code they give you, which I didn't do because I didn't want them to know I was looking at it. So I just made up a key code, and it worked. Um, and it, the price runs anywhere from like three to four hundred dollars to over twenty grand, depending on how many files they've encrypted. Yep. And I guess people pay this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here, buy this drive from Max Sales for a hundred bucks. For a hundred bucks, that's that is an, a pretty cheap insurance plan. And a lot of these drives come with backup software already. If you're on a Mac, you can use Time Machine and back up your computer. Yep. Back it up regularly. Because what I ended up doing is I just formatted all my drives again. Because I didn't, I was worried about what they might have stored somewhere, right. hidden somewhere. And then I went to my backup and I recovered. Now it was a pain. It took it takes some time. A day. That's a day right there. It takes it. Yeah, it takes took most of a day. Okay, but you but you didn't have to babysit it. You say start recovering. Right. It does the recovery and you come back hours later and it was all back to where it started. I mean, I I, I just like ah, thank you. But if I if you don't back up and you don't back up multiple times. If you only have one backup, you could end up backing up the ransomware. Now, for those on a Mac going, well, see, that's why I use a Mac. Well, here's a very similar story. Uh, two days ago, <clears throat> my ex-wife calls my cell phone number and says, hey, do you got a minute? And I, I actually did have a minute right then. I said, yeah, what do you need? I that's you know, oh, good. This, this, I really want to talk to her right now. <laughs> and uh, she says, so here, let me play this. And she holds her phone by the computer and i hear this voice going uh your computer has been infected call this number 
And she gets back on the phone. I go, it's BS. There's nothing wrong with your machine. Don't call that number. Right. And she says, well, I said, you didn't call the number. Yeah. Well, tell Uh me you didn't give them access to your computer. Well, I was talking to this guy there and he was real nice. (laughs) And, um, Oh, I'm so sorry. So he, so he was doing something on my computer. I said, your, your computer's completely compromised at this point. She literally gave them access to the computer. You know, yeah. so they installed a whole bunch of spyware, a whole bunch of malware on her computer. Yep. And now, of course, she's on there and she goes anywhere on the internet and it's just all these different windows pop up and, um, and now they want money. So what do I do? That was on that was on a Mac or on a PC? A Mac. So <laughs> yeah, they can't get the Mac <laughs> remotely. Yes. They have to allow it has to be someone physically letting them in. And yes. she completely fell for it. Which I would say, you know, I thought she was smarter than that, but these guys are I'm good. I've had a couple phone calls. Yeah. From, and, I, and I play with them, right? Because I know it's <clears> funny. <throat> but they're good. They convince and they know things about you. So they've they the people who call you, they've they've done a little phishing already so they can tell you, you know, about your machine and they can tell you your username stuff. And I mean, they've somehow got just a little piece, but it's enough to convince people who don't know better. Yep. These guys are not, these guys might be legit. So she asked, well, what can I do? And I said, you got to get me your computer. So what I've done so far is I plugged that hard drive. I, I took the hard drive right out of her MacBook pro. Okay. Uh, I plugged it in as an external and simply copied uh, JPEGs and music files because that's okay. the only thing that she really was. There was nothing else on there. Really. But she had no backup. No, no, of course not. Ah. No. So I, I copied those files and I ran a malware scanner on the backup just to make sure that it's clean. And it is. There's right. no files infected. Um, and now it's I'll, hard, hard to do. It is. Yeah. yeah. So now I'll just come. I'll. I'll reformat the drive, write all zero seven times. It just completely nuked the hard drive. Reinstall right. uh, Mac OS on there. Drag her her pictures and her music back over to it. Reinstall it into the computer and hand it back to her and go, don't do that again. But since she doesn't use any special apps, I mean, it's like... No. Like no. I had, like the machine, I had Adobe installed, right? I had CSS. No, she, she's just on the internet and email and Facebook and... Some of her pictures, I don't even know what the pictures are. I don't want to know. I'm not going to look but, at them. So something worth knowing, though, when you do that and you reinstall from a backup, some apps will not run. Correct. Because they have hidden files that don't come back in the backup. They're like licensed files and stuff, and they're, they're hashed onto the drive where they're located. And So like Adobe, for example, you can't copy Adobe onto a no, machine. No, you have to use a program in that kind of case, like yeah, uh, Carbon Copy Cleaner. Right. Or yep. Carbon Copy Cloner, sorry. But then, then, then you're nervous, right? Because like that, I was a little nervous for the first couple of days. Did I restore anything that that they might be able to get at the machine at? So, right. uh, so now I'm running one, two, three, running five, my Windows machine four um, ransomware detectors. Yep. One of them is actually pretty good. It caught something the other day. It caught an attempt the other day at trying to. Uh, I think so. I but here's the thing. I don't have a clue what the vector was. It had to have been, yeah, it's a machine that you're not using. So it was, someone saw it. They got into it. I, how? I don't know. I mean, it's honestly, I'm behind two firewalls. There are ports open because it'll, I, it's a Plex machine, right? So I can watch videos on my phone. 
so it's set up so I can look at videos and photos and stuff remotely. It's got to be one of the videos that you downloaded somewhere. That's it's either one of the videos I downloaded or it's one of the websites I went to because um, it's a Windows machine, so it you know it has it, it runs stuff in browsers, and that's all I can guess is I went to a website that um, compromised it. Yep, and it's just but the point I'm trying to make is back to Mac sales. Hundred bucks is is a dirt cheap insurance policy, and not only that, there's other things to think about for either Windows or Mac for backup. Now there are Mac, like you when you're talking about your X, there are other things that have infected Macs, but they require the people to say yes, I want to do this. Okay, so the Mac does require that you actually physically press a button to say okay. But what I notice is that people just hit okay on dialogues as they pop up because they get annoyed by them. So you have to read those dialogues, people, before you press OK. But spend a hundred bucks, run Time Machine, or run Carbon Copy Cloner, or run there are there are half a dozen different backup softwares and back up that machine because it's getting worse. And you know, it's just a matter of time before someone figures out how to do it on a Mac. So I got a um, a direct message over, or actually, it was just a, a mention on Twitter a couple days ago, three days okay. ago from scott on twitter and he says um let me i gotta back up here uh what did he say something's going on um yeah i went too far here it is <laughs> something something's up with the mymac site clicking links goes to all kinds of trackers and dodging dodgy looking sites <laughs> and somebody else replied uh that he saw it too and I, really? I was like, are you sure? Because I went to the site immediately when I got that. Oh, but I'm on my Mac, and I clicked it, and everything was fine. I'm and on he, says, he says, well, he saw it on the mobile version. So I pull out my uh -huh. iPhone, and I click any of the menus, and sure enough, this weird name pops up. Like, I'm logged in under that name, and it's it's crapware. Somebody infected the MyMac site. Yeah. And, it <laughs> and so I had to figure out, okay... How? I don't know. But what? And it took me two hours to track it down. It was a rogue. Um, a plugin? No, I, I wish. That would be easy just to remove it. Yeah. Um, it was a JavaScript got in there. Uh. And I had to find that. And it was buried in an include folder. And there was about 12 of them in there. Yeah. Now, I they just FTP. See, if I just went into WordPress. Uh, the admin you side, don't see I don't see anything. Don't, so yeah. I literally had to FTP into my site, and then I just started kind of digging until They're I figured out what it was. They're usually done with MySQL insertion hacks, and I don't know. I, I I had a I ran a site, and the marketing woman in the company calls me and goes, "Oh, I really like the music you added to the site." Mm. Um, what music? <laughs> There's no music. I didn't add music. And of course, I go to the site and it's playing music. It's and, like, and, oh, that's really nice. But who the hell is doing that? And then, like two days later, the big skull and crossbones comes across the front of the machine. Yeah. So uh, we found these. The, the, I mean, literally, they shut it down. Uh, it to. was easy to back out. I, the, the guys posted their name and email. Ugh, what an idiot! So I emailed the guy. I said, "Come on, I'm a little. We're a little startup of five people. Why are you messing with me?" And he goes, "Well, we're doing you a service." You know, he says, "Here's how. Here's here's all we. I mean, they told us how to take it out, but they were. Pro, but they posted, of course, on their website. Here's another website they attacked. So the script kitties for the next like six weeks 
we were getting all these denial of service uh, warnings because everybody and their brother was trying to attack it the same way. Uh, They're jerks. Yeah, it just. Why bother? Why are you bothering with me? You know, leave right. me alone. <laughs> well, like, this also had an, a name associated with a user. Oh, it did. Yeah, Stavisteria. Is S-T- it someone who's actually a real user? Yeah, but they were just a subscriber. They didn't have admin privileges ah. or anything. But I went in and deleted that user as well. Right. Yeah, um, they, there's a. The problem with WordPress is you got to make sure you keep the. Um, I keep it up to date all the time. That's right. just it. But of course, even if you update, there's zero, what's this thing called zero day attacks, which is how I think my machine was attacked. Yeah. Um, so for for all these things that detect viruses and malware and stuff, for them to work, they actually have to have seen it. Yep. And so if it's just coming out brand new and you're one of the first persons to get hit by it, your virus protection isn't going to stop it. So let's get off that malware subject and uh, quickly talk about our new feature every week here on the tech fan <laughs> podcast, which is wiki trolling. You know about that, right? I do know about, it, but I forgot to do it. <laughs> it's okay. I've got one. So okay. I try to keep it somewhat tech and, you know, I just click the random article on Wikipedia right. until something somewhat relevant comes up. Okay. And it doesn't have to be something, you know, earth shaking or super historic or I, I just want something interesting. So this is the first tech one that showed up today. And I thought, oh, okay. It's called the, it's for a product. And it's called the Kenback, K-E-N-B-A-K-1. So the Kenback? Ken's back. Ken's back. (laughs) The Kenback 1 is considered by the Computer History Museum and the American Computer Museum to be the world's first personal computer. Invented Ah. by John V. Blackenbaker. 1930 through, so he's still alive, of Ken Back Corporation in 1970, and the first sold in early 1971. Only 50 machines were ever built. The system first sold for U.S. 750 bucks. Today, Ooh. only 14 machines are believed to exist worldwide in the hands of various collectors. Production of the Ken Back 1 stopped in 1973 as Ken Back failed and was taken over by CTI Educational Products Incorporated. CTI rebranded the inventory and renamed it to H5050, though sales remained elusive. <laughs> so, we'll see, yeah. I, um, love the, I love the picture of it. I know. It's, it's, it's really cool. Since the Kinback 1 was invented before the first microprocessor, the machine didn't have a one-chip CPU, but instead was based purely on small-scale integrated TTL chips. Yeah, the 8-bit machine offered 250 bytes of memory, implemented on Intel's Type 1404 silicon gate Moss shift registers. Wow, that's just wow. brutally slow. I hate to tell you, I know exactly what that is. Uh, I know what that is, too. The instruction cycle time was one microsecond, equivalent to an insertion clock of one megahertz. But actual speed execution uh, averaged below 1,000 instructions per second due to architectural constraints such as a slow access to serial memory. The Boy, machine so was One megahertz, that was actually fast. It, it, but it was slower than that. Because early processors were in the 750 kilohertz range. The machine was programmed in pure machine code using an array of buttons and switches. Output consisted of a row of lights. So this yep. literally couldn't do anything. Well, that was my first inside. That's what it was, right? Before I had a terminal. Yep. It was a bunch of buttons and switches and lights, right? You know, So the first thing you program it to do, of course, is flash the lights. 
So I was kind of curious about this because I'll be honest with you, as much as I'm into tech, I've never heard of this machine. I have not either. This is very interesting. And so I did a search on eBay and there's one for sale on eBay right now. <laughs> there's, all... there's one for sale. It's uh buy it now is four, uh, $4,909. It's $5,000. With is it, 32... is it still there? Yeah. Here, I'll send you a link. Yeah, it's still there. I went to Ken Beck and I get some Shell Mill Arbor Universal Joint. There it is. <laughs> okay, I have to look I just, at this. I just sent you a link. <laughs> Thank and you. Now, the person who's selling this looks like they've got quite a few other stuff. But here, uh, the description says the Ken Beck one was designed in the early 70s as an educational tool. The prototype was first <clears throat> demonstrated at a high school teacher convention in 1971. John Blackenbaker. Designed this computer before there were microprocessors. The board uses 132 standard TTL logic ICs as a CPU process control logic and two 1040-or-1024-bit shift registers for memory. Even though the computer had a 1 megahertz clock, it only produced a few hundred instructions per second. Yeah. Um, It's a serial architecture. Yeah. Now, then it says, this is a modern replica meticulously oh. recreated to match the original design. Ah, uh, so it's so, not... No. It they still want five, five grand five for grand it. Five grand for a fake. Are you out of your mind? He so up, on the upper, up in the upper right-hand corner, I don't know if you see it, people who view this also viewed, you'll see the MSI 8080 computer. Yeah, I see it. That was my first machine. Was it really? Yeah. That, it's a, I, it's you, a you good-looking machine, though. Oh, that was, but that's what, to me, what a computer looked like, right? That had lots of flashing lights, and you could actually get a terminal for it eventually. So when I went to work for Atari, I had a, I, they had ASR33 teletypes, and I got to borrow one and plug it into that thing, and it was actually a lot more fun when you could type into it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Switches played, and toggles suck. It played tic-tac-toe, <laughs> you know, come on. It's like, but you can buy one for 950 this. this one's expensive, but there's one for 950 with a floppy drive. Wow. I think it's interesting. Uh, it, it's amazing that someone's selling one for five grand. And he well, just... it bugs me that it's not real. I mean, it's, they, so they've they've made a they've made. In fact, there's pictures of the circuit board, and it looks like they've tried to keep the, the inside look. I mean, it looks old enough to be real. Yes. Although it's a modern, looks like it's on a modern circuit board. Yeah, it is. You could tell. But first, computers were all they weren't microprocessors. Microprocessors. Came about what in early mid seventies? Yeah, seventy five. Maybe well, yeah, because I remember. I, so I joined Atari when Atari started in seventy two. Everything they did was TTL logic. So they weren't really computers. They were what were called at the time state machines. They did one thing. Right. And I joined. I joined in early seventy six as a firmware engineer because I graduated from UC Berkeley as someone who worked on microprocessors and there was there's little 8-bit processors that were and we started putting processors in games to make the hardware more you know reusable and and changeable and you can make a lot more changes than you could by resoldering wires it's more and efficient. chips um, the goal really was we thought we'd reuse the same board over and over again but in reality we kept improving the boards but uh, it made changes easier <clears throat> You know, when you were all TTL for your video game, and I think like Stunt Cycle and Breakout and Pong were all TTL, and you want to make a major change, it's not as trivial as it is to just change a couple lines of code. 
So this is the kind of stuff I worked on very early in my career, which is kind of, <clears throat> but five grand. I'm, if that wasn't a real one, would you even consider five grand for that, knowing it's the world's it's, first personal computer? I wouldn't, but I'm sure. I either. Because, because it really doesn't do much, but I'd be fascinated to play with it. I don't think it. anybody would buy it be, uh, for what it will potentially do. I think somebody would buy it simply because. Um, it's a collector's item. Yeah. They did a nice job of building it. If you look inside, it's very cleanly built. It is. I would I mean, like the guy to see a, a real one. I'd like to see an image of a real one. It's probably, you know, they probably have one inside. at the, the History Museum close to you. Yeah, I haven't been there for a while. I, I love the History Museum. It's, I owned an Apple One, too. I mean, I, at one point in my life. And it's I, too bad you didn't I keep sold that. It and I wish I had, had it today. <laughs> All those Macs that I kept, I, that's one that I had gotten rid of quite a long time ago. I traded it a long time ago for something I wanted, so... It, Not disappointed, but I know. think I think the guy did a good job, but I would never I, I I wouldn't want a replication of it. Oh well, number one, I'm not into vintage computer gear anymore. I could care less. You've run out of room. Is that that's my problem? I've just run uh, out of room. I, I just I don't know. It's it's I don't care about the old computers anymore. I mean, I do in learning about them and reading about them. I just don't want to physically own one. There's so no point still- for me to own one. Still left in my office is my old Mac SE, which I which I some it, I always I'm always amazed at the speed it runs. Oh, the old Mac SE was actually fast. Well, you turn. I mean, I, you probably I don't know if you can hear it if I turn it on in the back. <laughs> could you hear it? I could. Okay, so that binged. Uh, it has a hard drive in it. Uh, okay, Happy Mac is up, and I'm in the Finder. <laughs> <laughs> Even even how come, how come it can do that? Even right? SSD today won't go that fast. It, that thing just like it says, "Welcome to Mac." MacBook installed. Finder. Okay, granted, it doesn't do a whole lot, uh, and it's still actually loading things. You might hear it say "Welcome" in a second because uh, I, I it has all sorts of accessories that run late. But it just amazes me how fast it boots up. <laughs> it's, like, it's fast. Yeah, there it is. Well, I don't know if you heard it say "Welcome" in the background. I. I have that. Remember Soundmaster in the old Mac? Oh, yes. Yep. And, you know, granted, it doesn't do anywhere near what I can do on a computer today, but it actually sits up on my wall as a big clock sometimes. I was on uh, YouTube the other day, and one of the related things was the guy who did uh, the AOL email voice. (laughs) And (laughs) And I had that. I remember that. And the guy uh, was, I don't know, he was talking to somebody. And, of course, they all want him to do that. And he he goes, you've got mail. And I'm like, wow, that really is him. Because I heard that so many times. Oh, we were at a, uh, I don't remember what it was. We were at some trade show or something, and they were having a big dinner. And they introduced this guy, and no one knew who the name was. And And he just walks up to the microphone and goes, Welcome. You've got mail. And that was the same guy, right? <clears throat> and then he goes, goodbye. And he walks away. And you, like everybody stood up and applauded for him because that was, you know, that was his claim to fame. He was the voice of AOL. <clears throat> I had got to meet him as well. That was pretty funny. So that, that's a great, that's a, I, I like this link of yours. This is good. I'm, I, 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 I'm sorry I forgot to do the Wikipedia search. Yeah, that's okay. I was going to do that anyways. So you're gonna be with us. You're gonna be here uh, with me next week too. I uh, I believe so. Um, okay. Wait, I'm, let me let me boot my MacBook Pro. <laughs> that turned off all by itself. It. I got that 
that weird uh, that weird you know something went wrong. Yes. Screen. Yep. Uh, you shut down your computer because of a problem. No, you shut down my computer yeah. because of a problem. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't uh, do anything. <laughs> uh, let's see. Today, um, somewhere, um, my calendar is spinning. So, uh, you know what? I, I I've talked to David about this. I hate how slow the Mac is to access, like external drives. Or yeah. when you first boot up, it's like, come on, what are you waiting for? I just I just told you to just open this disk right here. It's already on the desktop. Why did? Why am I getting a spinning? I hate that. Yes, I can. Their, I, their I, power I, I management is just terrible. I I don't know what goes. I mean, I have an S. I have a terabyte SSD drive in here, uh, a, a, a new one. It's pretty fast, and it's still. I mean, it boots. You know, turn it on. It boots in twenty seconds. It's up and running. It's but, not. But bad, then you but go into an application like Calendar, where it has to access records. And, and it's it spins like, forever. Oh well, wait, hold on. Here, here's my impression of the hard drive. Huh? What? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, calendar. Where did I put that? Oh, it's over here. Oh, give me a second. Give me a second. Um, just one moment, please. Just uh, <laughs> dang it, this ain't it. This is the old one. Where's the new one? <laughs> Chuck Berry, come on, get it. Come on. Meanwhile, meanwhile, spinning beach ball of death, right? Yeah, and you're like, what's I, we, going on? You've talked about it before, and I. It's before we end. I have to talk, talk on it. I, so I have been kind of on and off on Apple lately. I, I have to admit, the best Windows machine I own is a MacBook Pro. Right. Okay. Uh, and I think Mossberg said that once that yeah, the best Windows machine you can own is a MacBook Pro. And I agree with him. That's what I'm. What's what I'm using right now? It's running Windows Seven. I'm on the machine that got hit by malware. Um, and but I have my. That's an older 15 inch. It's a 2012, I think. And then I, early 2012, and I have a mid 2012 MacBook Pro for my main machine, which has a SSD drive I put in there. But its specs aren't much different than the new ones. I guess it has a newer, the newer ones have newer versions of the processors. But this thing says, if I can get this window to open, it's 2.9 gigahertz Intel Core i7. Yeah. Okay. It's it technically runs- faster than what they're selling right now. Yeah, well, my wife got a new MacBook Pro without mine has mine's the last one with the drive in it, the, the CD drive, DVD drive, and my wife's she bought her the new one. It's it's got a slower it's got a slower clock speed. Now the processor may actually be faster, okay, because it's newer technology. But I, I doubt I if it's with, faster. I bet it's better with energy management. Oh, you may be right. Okay, it doesn't seem to run a whole lot faster. Right. The spec marks don't come up much different. And that's hers is four or five years newer. And I looked at the new one now with that little touch slide thing and like could care less uh, and don't really want to have 15 adapters hanging out the side of my Mac. Right. right. Cause all they have is Thunderbolt ports or whatever they're called. What are they? Is that right? The right name? USB-C. No. USB-C. You're right. USB-C. Right. Um, I get why they want to move forward, but they took off the SD card slot, which I use all the time uh, for my camera so that would be an adapter. And they took off, you know, the Ethernet port because uh, I use that when I'm connected. I like to be wired. Well, there's some uh, if you if it's a business user, you might not have Wi-Fi. You have to plug in. Right. So so you're buying these twenty nine to fifty nine dollar adapters to put all around your machine. Right. I, it bugged me. Uh, and I and so am I. And, you know, I use an Android phone now. Yep. Uh, I thank Andy Rubin, the guy who invented Android, for introducing me to Android. And I and I actually like it. The, the battery life in my Sony is a little short because it's a very thin phone. 
So I, I wish it had a little bit better battery life, but I find it works just as well. It's not as elegant for people who are not techie, but if you're techie, I and I use Windows a lot now, and I keep going. Maybe my next machine is going to be like a MacBook Pro. I mean, a a Mac a, a Windows Surface Surface Pro. The Surface laptop. Yep. The, well, either the laptop or the or the, the Pro Surface Pro Five itself. when it comes out, right. which is the the detachable one. I I played. I I went into the Mac the Microsoft store when I last time I was in Seattle, which is right across the parking lot from the Apple store. And if you were blindfolded and dropped in one, the only thing that would tell you the difference is the colors. Yep. Of the same tables, the same guys wearing the same shirts, the same, you know, smart bar at the back, or whatever they call it. Well, Microsoft's nothing if not original. If not original, right. But I got to tell you, that machine, that Surface Pro, should be an Apple product. Yeah. The, the one that detaches and becomes a, a la, you know, a, a pad. It's a little heavy for a pad, but it's a lot more powerful than a pad. Uh, it attaches to a keyboard, snaps together magnetically beautifully. The keyboard adds more battery in the high-end one. It's just a beautifully designed machine. And, you know, since Windows 7, I forget Windows 8, but Windows 7 and Windows 10, they're, they're easy to use. I, I like Windows 10. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. I think yeah. it's a good operating system. I don't and hardly it, use it because I don't need to. But right. if, I ha- if, if Apple did something just to tick me off and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Could I live with Android? Sure. Could I live with Windows 10? Yep. You'd be surprised when you start using Android for a while. At first, you kind of go, oh, it doesn't do this, doesn't do this. But then you start realizing it does a whole lot more things because Apple is so protective. So, yep, I have a virus piece of software on my Android. Yep, uh, you have because to. Because apps can talk to each other. Yep. You, you, but you have to give them permission. You have to allow them to do it. It's like it's much better than it used to be. You you know, you know, can say, don't allow this app to do these things. Um, but, like, I use 1Password, for example, and in, on the – on the iPhone, I have to go to 1Password and copy the password and go over to the app and then paste it in because they don't want them to talk to each other. And a few apps have incorporated 1Password, but on the Android, it's just a keyboard. So when you go to an app, you hit the 1Password keyboard, and it puts in your passwords for you. Yep. It's like, okay, that's really cool because they allow that kind of stuff to happen. So. Uh, I, I'm hoping the next MacBook Pro will knock my socks off because I want a new machine. My, I'm out of 2012. I just don't my think they're going to change anything. And I just I, I want to see some Apple work. Please come back to being cool, right? Yeah. You know, it's uh, the phones haven't changed much. The computer hasn't changed much. In five um, years, we just haven't gotten anything. I'm with you. I, I haven't been excited about an Apple product in five years because they haven't yeah. done anything. Even the watch. I've got like, the watch. I like it, but it, it didn't. It, it's it's not knocking my socks off, nor did it yeah. ever. Yeah, I mean, did you did you get one given to you? No, no. I I I wore one for a while. I have I have an LG Android watch because Andy gave me one of those um, to play with, and it's not as elegant as the. Although they've just updated. Now, by the way, it bricked it when it first updated, but I've been, since found out I had something on there that didn't wasn't compatible, but. Uh, it does all the same kind of stuff, but would I have bought it? I don't know if I would have bought it. I don't know if I would have bought it. I, I like having it. Uh, could I live without it? Sure. It would make no difference. But I, I want do an like Apple the product health that I thing, tracking, and, and all that. I, yeah. I do wish it was round. I'll be honest with you. I love the round I love the round format. Of I, the, I like of it a lot better. I, I, yeah. I don't. I, but there's nothing special about it when you look at it. Yeah. And, and I still don't think it's found its place. 
What do you do with it? Uh, and there's that hesitancy. If someone asks, should I get an Apple Watch? Well, it depends. Yeah, well, it's a, look, I've thought about buying one a couple of times, and I just I can't find the reason the I have to buy justification. There's no justification. It's cool. Now, okay. one of the things I do use it for, and it works really well this way, is I could talk to it, and it can take notes. So if I'm looking at a car on the lot, for instance, and i got to remember oh. a stock number, B1112B. Oh, that's cool. I can simply launch one note on it, say b 11 12B, and it just, boop, done. And so when I get to my key box at work, because I need the keys to that stock number, oh, there it is. Now, is That's that any more? That, cool. that is cool, but I still have to have my phone in my pocket, otherwise it won't work. Well, so, and you could just take your phone out of your pocket. I could take my and, and type it. And now, that takes three times as long. And it is kind of impressive when you do that on your watch and the customer's right there. That's kind of neat. <laughs> There's been a couple times I'm talking to a customer and my phone rings because I forgot to mute it. And I just put my hand over my Apple Watch and it mutes it. Done. Yeah, I can I can do the same. So a lot of these features I can do again on Android as well, right? right? Uh, but I, I want, I don't know, where's the new technology? Is it going to be Is it going to be like AR glasses? Right. I, it's got to be something because it's, it's, be it's something. getting boring. This is a but show I called find, Tech Fan and I'm bored. Come on. Give me I something, find Apple. that. Apple and Microsoft are trading places again. Kind of a right? little bit. Because I find Apple software, and I'm sorry, Apple fans, I you know, I should, it's a you my Mac. You work for Apple. I mean, come on. I work for Apple. I find the software is changing because it can. So features disappear or get changed just because they can. Yeah, no good I mean, reason. Apple Mail drives me up a wall every time they update it because something else is going to disappear. I, I gave up on Apple Mail on the iPhone a long time ago. I use Outlook. Outlook. Is it Outlook? No. Is it, is it Outlook? I think it's Outlook. i got to open my phone and to look now. Apple, to me, is like Microsoft yes, was 10 years ago. They're making changes because they make changes. And they're rusting they're not their laurels. Really, they're not, and then Microsoft now is on its comeback with some very cool products. Okay? Um, they still haven't got their phone right, although Windows, uh, Windows Phone was actually a nice product. It just wasn't knock your socks off reason to buy it. Um, and that's not a market you're ever going to take away from Apple and Android anyway, I think. So, right. um, but their Windows 10 and their and their hardware, whoever builds their hardware form now, has caught up with Apple easily, in my opinion. It's so, very well built. It's yep, very sturdy. Yep. It looks good. It's stylish. You know, it's good stuff. I'm, yep. So, anyway. I think we've used up our time here, haven't we? We have. We're coming up on an hour and a half, so we're going to wrap this episode up and uh, encourage anybody listening to send us feedback. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. Of course, um, I do appreciate Scott sending me that message on Twitter, knowing that the, uh, there's some shenanigans going on at mymac.com. So you can also find us on Twitter. I am at mymac as well as at techfanpodcast. Owen, what are you there on uh, on the Twitter. On the Twitter. I don't use Twitter a lot, but um, I, I'm at O Rubin, O R U B I N. So, uh, and I just launched it and it said, see you soon. We're updating our privacy policy. Yeah, I get that every time I go in there. I'm like, yeah, I saw it, I saw it the last four times. <laughs> Sorry, I just got that again. So. No, I hate that. It's like, I got it the first time. I know you're probably selling my data. Leave me alone now. Yeah. Um, of course, we are also on Facebook. You just look for Tech Fan Podcast. But the easiest way, honestly, 
is to either go to the MyMac website or the TechFan Podcast website, leave a comment in the show notes, or just send the email to the show at techfanpodcast.com. So we're going to wrap yeah, up. Thanks. And tell us, like, why we're full of crap. Oh, right? yeah. It's well, like... <laughs> the, the reasons are many and varied. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on this week. Really appreciate it, Owen. Yeah, and I will try to be here. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy to be join you again next week until David gets back. Awesome. Appreciate uh, it. I'm hoping David's having a fun time traveling. You, you find something on the Wikipedia this time. I will find a Wikipedia. I will remember to do that this time. <laughs> See you then. Bye. Bye.